Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet, that's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and Game Sense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. We cover the stories behind what's moving money in markets and help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters every afternoon. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleh Mosin, And I'm David Gura. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Saleya Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take DC. We dig into how money, politics, and power shape government and the consequences for voters. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take DC on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. And the debates, I think, are more important than any other campaign I've ever covered. Yes or no, they happen, all three of them. Mara, yes? Yes, I think they happen, all three of them. Ben? Yes, I do. Okay, Chris? Most, most assuredly. Most assuredly. There you got three pundits of different political uh, background stripes publications saying, oh, uh, debates will absolutely happen. Specifically huh? all three of them. Yeah, and all three of them, without hesitation. That's really surprising to me. No caveat, no hesitation whatsoever. Oh, yeah, absolutely debates, all three of them. Okay. Nancy Pelosi is out and proud saying there should be no debates. <laughs> um, and, and they think, oh, yeah, absolutely, there will be three. I, I disagree. I would take that wager. On three or any? Uh, there will not be three. Yeah, I don't think there'll be three either. I yeah. don't think I want three. But those <laughs> Beltway insiders were certain. Hmm. Um, a lot of talk about police reform after the George Floyd uh, death. And uh, unfortunately, a lot of the police reform got pushed to the back burner because things got smashed up and set on fire and it became about other things. And that's, that is disappointing because I'm... There's some police reforms that, uh, that uh, like conservative slash libertarian type people have been pushing for a long time. Mm-hmm. Here's one that might happen in California. They're considering stripping badges from, quote, bad officers. I'd like to hear the argument against this because there's maybe something I'm missing. I, I, we have been aware of this for quite a while. God, the Washington Post did one of those really extensive pieces a couple of years ago. Really long. I think they went through a hundred different officers, uh, cases from around the country, where you get a bad cop. I mean, they're bad enough to get fired. 
And you got to be pretty bad to get fired. You probably had more than one instance, and they had to really nail it down with good proof to fire you. But you go, like, next door, county next door, and get a job as a cop and do something bad again. Mm -hmm. Or a different state or whatever. That happens a lot. And they're talking in California of making it, you get your badge stripped, and you don't get to be a policeman anymore. Uh so, I don't know. The devil's in the details. But Obviously. I mean, if, it's, if it's serious and rigorous and reasonable, then I have no problem with that. Permanently stripping their badges. Uh, Kim Kardashian West came and spoke at the Capitol in uh, California about this. <laughs> okay. <laughs> huh. There's an example in uh, Utah fairly recently. This poor college girl went missing. This cop who was supposed to be investigating her disappearance because the parents of this girl were saying, here's her ex-boyfriend who'd been threatening forever. Go check, you know, we think he did it. Mm -hmm. She's gone. Turns out he did kill her. Um, uh, The cop was showing naughty pictures that he got off of his, somebody's phone or the computer or something of this girl to his coworkers. Instead of investigating the dude who might have abducted her, Burr. he's showing naked pictures of this college girl. Turned out it was one of those deals where he'd been fired in a different police department from being a scumbag mm-hmm. and got hired somewhere else and went on to be a scumbag. That happens a lot. And I don't, I'm, I don't understand how that has existed at all. And anyway, I'd be all for doing away with that. And like you said, the devil's in the details. It's got to be, you know, a serious crime. It's got to be certain that it happened. Right. But you don't get to be a cop anywhere if you do that sort of thing. Right. I don't trust Cal Unicornia to do this. Maybe if if Nebraska can come up with a set of guidelines, we'll take a look at those. But it's an interesting uh, We We have talked to cops for years, and they're consistent in saying a quarter of cops should not be cops. And they know because they're cops and they work with people. Mm -hmm. And they're saying one out of four people I work with should not be cops. we got to figure out a way to get those people out. Right, I would agree. And cops agree, too. There's practically universal agreement on it. The unions are less sympathetic to that point of view. Although, look, you'll have as many cops, you'll just be better. You won't have to spend as much money defending the jackasses. Sure. Yeah. There's some vid news. Maybe you saw that that CDC number that only 6% of cases were only COVID-19. A lot of folks on our side of the aisle are making a big deal of it. I think it's being misinterpreted or overblown, honestly. Um, it, it is notable, though, and it's it's clear that if you're healthy and not old, you will probably get over the vid. That is absolutely true. Um, and it's also true that the number of COVID deaths have been overblown. Some people who died with COVID of cancer are being listed as COVID deaths, so you know, again, y'all have my sympathy, but I think the numbers are being a little overblown just because of the inconsistencies in reporting, uh, the fact that some of the additional causes of death are caused by COVID, like like pneumonia, for instance. Um, it's just it's difficult to interpret those statistics well. They're just there's no consistency in them. But I do see your point. It's kind of interesting. Uh, Dr. Fauci, I believe, um address this we have uh clips four and five back to back sean if if you would the point that the cdc was trying to make was that a certain percentage of them had nothing else but just COVID. that does not mean that someone who has hypertension or diabetes who dies of COVID didn't die of COVID 19. it's not nine thousand deaths from COVID 19 it's 180 plus thousand deaths the idea being 
I have diabetes, but I don't get the COVID, so I'm alive. Or I have diabetes, and I do get the COVID, and I'm dead. You can claim that's not a COVID death, but it, it, it is. I mean, it is to some extent. So, again, the, it but is But isn't the notable. reverse pretty significant that if I don't have diabetes or high blood pressure or any of these things, I'm pretty, I'm pretty damn good shape. Oh, yeah. I have not much to worry about. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That is significant. And the other development that uh, amused me slash troubled me was... Is baldness a comorbidity? Because that's the only thing I got. Being a dude is. That's true. Yeah. Um... The other thing that amused me and horrified me a bit was Jack Dorsey and his band of merry progressives at Twitter thought too many people were making too big a deal of that. So they actually deleted tweets, including the president, uh, who were tweeting the link to the CDC's actual website listing those statistics. So now Twitter has gone beyond policing what they see as falsehoods to, well, it's true, but it's misleading hoods. And I would urge you, Jack and company, just uh, don't go there. Don't You don't want that responsibility. Here's my COVID story of the day. Here we go again. A second wave of virus grips Spain. Experts fear it could be the start of a new surge across of Europe. Let me dig a little deeper into that from the New York Times. If Italy was the harbinger of the first wave of Europe's coronavirus pandemic in February, Spain is the portent of its second. France is also surging as are parts of Eastern Europe, and cases are ticking up in Germany, Greece, Italy, and Belgium, too. But Spain has recorded the most new cases in the continent by far, more than 53,000, 114 new infections per 100 grand people at the time. It is spreading faster in Spain than in the United States, twice as fast as in France, eight times as the rate in Italy and Britain, ten times the pace in Germany. So keep our eye on Spain to see if, you know, because nobody knows for sure, if there's another wave of this that happens or can happen or how long you have the um, you know immunity to it if you get it. So does it go after way after three months and then you can have this whole new wave come back again because everybody's you know ripe for the picking again by the virus? Nobody knows that for certain. That if, would suck if that's the case. If that's the case, then we might be looking at, and this is possible. A planet for, of the apes? <laughs> cannibalism. Um, no. Uh, we could be looking at, um, for the rest of our lives, once you reach a certain age or state of ill health, it's just a question of if you get the COVID or not. And so you have to hide out or roll the dice or whatever. And for the rest of our lives, COVID will cull our old people. Will we be wearing masks for the rest of my life? It's possible. In public most of the time? It's possible. It's not, it's not like... 50 50 i don't think of course what the hell do i know uh, all i, I know is what i read and it i changes definitely think it's somewhat likely yeah well it could be the vid does not go away if immunity is short-lived because then you know you get it you're good for six months but next year if you're an oldster or a sick person, you got to hope again. Right. And and like you said as you age, so like I I don't have any the comorbid hmm, I don't have any other problems to worry about right now. Right now. But 15 yeah. years from now maybe I do and then all of a sudden it's uh you age into having to worry about it. Sure. Wow. And we lose, you know, too many people and turns out it doesn't affect apes and <laughs> somebody's got to be in charge. Well, exactly. Apes have always wanted to ride horses. I'm sure they'll They'll learn how, how to craft armaments and the rest of it. And then you have the, well, 
Anyway, not to repeat ourselves. <laughs> not so, to put too fine a point on it. But. Let's see. If we were to add one more element into the Jerry Falwell Jr. story. <laughs> what could you add? What could we add? Maybe a wacky guy famous from another story who claims he's involved with it. Dennis Rodman? Not Dennis Rodman, <laughs> but kind of the Dennis Rodman of, of politics. Tiger what? King. There's a <laughs> guy from Tiger King. Joe Exotic? <laughs> The new kink in the already terribly kinky tale of Jerry Jr. and his hot pool boy next. Armstrong and Getty. The Armstrong and Getty Show. That's our American 1997. We just passed a guy in a jetpack. American 1997, okay. Thank you. Were they off to your left side or right side? Off the left side, uh, maybe uh, 300, uh, 300 yards or so, about our altitude. That jet was flying at an altitude of 3,000 feet at the time of this encounter. The tower then warned other approaching flights to be on the lookout for a man with a jetpack. That incident under investigation. You got to shoot him down, huh? And rogue jetpackers menacing LAX. We can't have that. Just pulling right up next to a commercial airliner. <laughs> hey, what's up, pilots? How, yeah. how high did he get? 3,000 feet. Okay. It's over half a mile. That's high enough. Yeah. I mean, when you're in a jumbo jet, it doesn't seem very high, but it's, it's I didn't even high. know jetpack technology had gotten to that point. The ones that I'd always seen were like done over bodies of yeah, water that yeah. just got a couple hundred feet up or yeah, whatever. I didn't know you could go that high either. Well, anything over, geez, what, 30 feet. You're, it's you're, terrifying. You're, you're going to hit the ground at the same same speed. So, so you might as well go up. <laughs> it doesn't make that much difference. Yeah, yeah. that's you funny. Just, you just have longer to think about it. <laughs> yeah. Oh, boy, this is going to hurt. <laughs> Not really. So uh, how can do you, you try ma- to, if you're falling, do you try to, like, you know, land in such a way you survive? Or do you try to land in such a way that it's over the quickest? I don't like do a header straight into because you wouldn't feel a thing if you did head first straight into the ground. I don't think you can control your tumbling that well unless you're experienced at it. Mm. I, I hate this discussion. This okay. discussion is making me want to vomit. Okay, it's unlikely to happen to you. Do you own a jetpack? <laughs> no. <laughs> do you plan on buying one? No, but I, I have think this you're, fear I, of falling. I think you're out of the woods. I, I, but it's it's my fear, my fears. Okay. Jerry Falwell Jr. and his uh, hot, nasty wife and their uh, their b- blackmailed pool boy and their crazy love triangle just got one step weirder. Michael Cohen has <laughs> entered the scene. You remember Michael Cohen? Which polls? All of them. Okay. A uh, one-time Trump henchman who was uh, doing the cable news circuit for a while. Didn't, didn't really one of my getting... favorite side characters of this whole era. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, he said he helped bury personal photos that emerged between Jerry Jr. and his wife. Literally bury or hide? It, it's not. Um, it's not clear to me. Um, it doesn't say how he did that in this article. Um, so he was a fixer for their family then. Yeah, 
Falwell told the Washington Post earlier this week that somebody had stolen not safe for work photos of him and his wife Becky in their backyard and was threatening to expose them. They weren't fully nude, Falwell says. They were just pictures of my wife. I was proud of how she looked. That's when Cohen stepped in and helped. Jerry and Becky were uh, very upset at the prospect of uh, photos potential public release, Cohen told CNN. The details of the photos of the alleged blackmailer are scarce, but the news comes, blah, blah. So they never, evidently, he stepped in and interceded in the blackmail attempt. Evidently, the uh, picture showed uh, Jerry Jr.'s poll. What poll? <laughs> Which polls? All of them. Okay. Okay. Yes, your husbands and the pool boys. <laughs> okay. Okay. Um, USA Today, looking at the whole disappearing mailbox story, which I hope has been kind of put to rest at least somewhat. Two weeks after I, in particular, we were saying, this story is ridiculous. It's phony. Well, I I'm un- gratified I s- to see this. I certainly understand how anybody would have would have seen it. Originally, and thought, "Oh my God!" Yeah, I mean, I get the that. way it was presented. Did Heck you yeah. know that they took away a whole bunch of post boxes every year? I certainly didn't. Only when I found it out. Yeah. Over the past decade, the United States Postal Service has removed an average of three thousand two hundred fifty-eight mailboxes each year. Uh, that's over the last decade. But in two thousand nine, Obama, twenty-four thousand boxes were taken out. So they must have like recognized something in the post office at that time. Okay, we got way too many boxes that aren't being used. Need to get rid of them. So, yeah, it's just part of the whole post office thing, I guess. Administration after administration, Congress after Congress, they take a look at the post office and try to figure out how to make it more profitable slash less money bleedy. So uh, Bill Maher was pushing for a an October surprise among Democrats. That is just let's stop using the post office the last in October, uh, the last couple of weeks before it. Just just not to muck up things, just so that there's less uh, less confusion, less bulk, because there, there's some concern that the post office is going to be overwhelmed. Hmm. And then he went on a long riff about how stupid most stuff that gets mailed. Don't send postcards. That's when Instagram is. How old are you? You know, that sort of thing. But Right, right. Yeah, it was funny you should bring this up because my brother's two daughters, our nieces, wrote us letters. We just got them yesterday. Oh, that's awesome. Handwritten yeah, letters. That's awesome. Which we both took great delight in answering sure. yesterday and sent along a couple of pictures and that sort of thing. Spawned with the text. And uh, <laughs> and Judy uh, sealed them up in envelopes and found stamps and we're mailing them today. That's the first time I think we've mailed anything for months. We'll occasionally realize, oh, our kid needs a birth certificate to apply for a something or other. So we'll find that and zap that to him. We'll, you know, second day it or whatever. But... I don't mail anything anyway, Bill. Yeah. Is this a little like teaching kids? Uh, like I learned, you know, I learned about butter churning just because it was kind of a cool old timey thing. Yeah. Is that what they do with kids now? Like to send a letter? Because they're not going to do that much. I don't know, but it was charming. Now, we'll occasionally ship something via the postal service. So Bill Mars saying, don't do that either. It's an interesting idea. I don't, I don't know who that would help, honestly. Yeah, I know. No, well, we're going to learn a lot about the post office and all kinds of different things when uh, the, the, the counting the ballots starts happening first week in November. Armstrong and Getty. 
Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet. That's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and Game Sense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. Western nations like the U.S. and Europe. Mexico will likely have its first female president. And then you have China. And help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters. He'll get his yo-yos to Europe in time. But the longer this drags on, the more worry he's getting. They knew that they needed to do this as fast as they possibly could to get a drug on the market as fast as they could. I'm David Gura. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleh Mosin. We cover the stories behind what's moving money and markets. Basically, everyone was expecting, if not a calamity, certainly a recession. But the problem is that that paperwork, as our reporting showed, is fake. As someone who's covering the market, I'm often very worried about an imminent collapse. So I'm thinking about it quite often. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Saleya Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take D.C. We dig into how money, politics and power shape government and the consequences for voters. It's an election year, so there's a lot of focus on the voters that TikTok is reaching. The initial reaction is like, oh, things are looking so resilient. I don't want to be too pessimistic, but I just don't see the political will down in Washington right now to, to change their tune. I think the American electorate has been signaling that it expects a rematch of the 2020 election. These are unprecedented times. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take DC on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Armstrong and Getty Show. country be destroyed by a bunch of nut jobs i'm not kidding that is politically brilliant and there is not a single expert in dc that would have ever written that line no no <clears throat> clearly and if anybody had thrown it out in a uh, you know a bull session where he come up with lines no you can't say that you can't this. what about the mentally ill community and whatever that 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 line is fantastic 
Well, there's some breaking or, or just coming to light news. A couple of different stories you probably ought to know. This one disturbs the heck out of me. The Chicago Police Department has confirmed the existence of an intelligence alert reportedly sent out by the FBI warning area law enforcement of a pact among Chicago street gangs to shoot on sight any cop that has a weapon drawn on any subject in, in public. So if you're a street gang member and you witness a cop with their gun out, you shoot them and head for the hills and, and record it on your phone if you can. We've been made aware of this threat by a law enforcement partner. Chicago PD takes all threats against officers seriously. We'll take uh, all safeguards. Man, if that's true, um, and it mentions around 36 gangs. It says members of these gangs have been actively searching for and filming police officers in per- per- performance of their official duties. The purpose of which is to catch or film an officer drawing his or her weapon on any subject and the subsequent shoot on sight of said officer in order to gain national media attention. Um, How often do cops pull their guns? Not very often, I don't think. Uh, no, not terribly, although the bloodbath absolutely is continuing in Chicago. Oh, yeah, there were 10 murders over the weekend. Oh, yeah, 45 wounded, including two cops. Somebody shot up a pancake house and, and hit a bunch of people. Um, so, yeah, ugly. And the other story that's breaking right now is Trump is denying Donald Trump, the guy from uh, The Apprentice. He's the president now. He's denying that he had a series of mini strokes. What? I, I had never this story heard come from? that. Okay. Um, he lashed out at critics in the media over claims he suffered a series of mini strokes. I hadn't heard that. Did he respond to something nobody was saying? <laughs> I, I hadn't heard of the mini stroke thing either. Well, I'll just read it to you. This is from the Daily Mail, which is pretty solid, occasionally a little sensationalistic. President Donald Trump on Tuesday lashed out at critics who have combed over his. Surprise? What? That's a misprint. Uh, to Walter Reed National Military Medical Center last year as he forcefully denied having Oh, yeah, remember when he went uh, like late at night? Oh, his or, surprise visit. Yeah, remember when he went, he went out of nowhere and then they and they said, no, no, just, uh, it was the easiest time for him to get in, and which sounded like bunk at the time. Um, uh, you know, I didn't think anything big happened. They just they couldn't admit that the... You know, a big, fat, old guy who ate too much greasy food, probably. I don't feel very good, so they took him over there. Yeah. No, it was the best time for him to get a COVID test or a checkup or something. So he, uh, But I hadn't heard anybody claim it was mini strokes. Yeah, Trump uh, took to probably Twitter, yeah, and said, It never ends. Now they're trying to say that your favorite president, me, went to Walter <laughs> Reed Medical Center having suffered a series of mini strokes. Never happened to this candidate. Fake news. Perhaps they were referring to another candidate from another party. I wonder who he's talking about. I don't know. <laughs> Hard to say. On Monday, former Bill Clinton press secretary Joe Lockhart floated the theory that the president was covering up a stroke. Joe Lockhart's uh, really become a... Uh... Throws out all kinds of crap. He's a gadfly, don't you know? Um, so, uh, back to reality. Joe Biden did give a speech yesterday in which he, he said this, among other things. COVID has taken this year, just since the outbreak, has taken more than 100 years. Look, here's the lives. It's just, it's, I mean, you think about it. More lives this year than any other year. For the past hundred years. Oh, abort, abort. So we got a text from somebody who uh, explains how they would know this. I can't 
you know, I can't legitimize this on my own, but it's pretty detailed. I can't imagine why you'd make this up. But anyway, this is what they texted. Um, And again, they explained in their text how they would know this. Yesterday, Biden's speech was given to a room with just six non-staff people in it. Six. I'm told one of the reasons for Biden seeming even more disjointed yesterday's speech was because he had intended to speak to fracking. We're going to get to that in a second. And uh, a coal-heavy state, Pennsylvania, where he was, about his previous anti-fracking statements and his support of a green economy. The whole Kenosha Antifa BLM riots thing uh, came late and threw him off the rails. Uh, also, Joe reads what they give him until he loses his place in ad libs. The incoherence, he, uh, to incoherence, he doesn't follow meanings of the words. So I guess they're saying that he just reads the words, doesn't understand what he's saying, and then when there's a, a, a mess up of some sort, his ad libs seem disjointed. That um, that would seem to be a fairly significant neurological problem, wouldn't it? I mean, if you put me put something in front of me about dogs, I mean, I'd have a pretty good idea. I'm talking about dogs. I don't. I'm not sure what know. that means. Um, uh, can I hear him dealing with the heckler? I heard, I heard he handled this pretty well. Thirty five. And no, stay away, them bushwhacking, <laughs> point swaggering, crocker, crocker. He's gonna roll away, Christmas cutter. Christmas <laughs> cutter. Okay, here's the actual clip you wanted. Hey, Joe! Hey. You finally got out of basement! Hey, Joe! Hey, Joe! Hey, Joe! Don't jump! He was on top of a uh, a pickup truck. I believe. Oh, okay. Yeah. Oh, okay. All right. Um, okay, really so took him apart. He uh, what's the what? What he always? What's the everybody claims on social media? He clapped. He back. owned. He owned. Owned. Him. Own, that's a real. He yeah. totally owned the heckler. Okay. So uh, <laughs> did he own him or did he clap back? Which did he do? Uh, he destroyed him. So That's I, the other one. I don't remember this Biden fracking montage. This is does this include his recent statements or is this just oh, yeah. all his previous statements? Yeah, okay. yeah, I think it all fits together. I am not banning fracking. Let me say that again. I am not banning fracking. No matter how many times Donald Trump lies about me. Would there be any place for fossil fuels, including coal and fracking, in a Biden administration? No, it would be, we would we would work it out. We would make sure it's eliminated and no more subsidies for either one of those, either any fossil fuel. There's no question I'm in favor of banning fracking. As president, would you be willing to sacrifice some of that growth, even knowing potentially that it could displace thousands, maybe hundreds of thousands of blue collar workers in the interest of transitioning to that greener economy? The answer is yes. All right, so on the primary trail, he was fine with banning fracking, and Kamala's out and proud about it. But and they stated it pretty says, no, clearly. No, no, quit lying about my record. So it's just a lie to say that at least at some point you were against it. Okay. Right, right. As such as politics. Yeah. Um, from the Wall Street Journal, uh, they were not, they didn't feel like Biden went far enough in speaking on violence. So Biden said some, you know, pretty unequivocal things yesterday about um uh, violence and that sort of stuff. Mr. Biden assailed the excessive use of force by police, and then he turned to the violence of extremists and opportunists, right-wing militias, white supremacists, vigilantes, who infiltrate protests carrying weapons of war. After that, Biden denounced violence in general terms. I want to be clear about this. Rioting is not protesting. Looting is not protesting. Setting fires is not protesting. None of this is protesting. It's lawless. It's plain and simple. I appreciate him saying that. Definitely. Yep. Good start. Uh, 
And those who do it should be prosecuted. Violence will not bring change, only destruction. It's wrong in every way. It divides instead of unites. Later again, he denounced the right-wing militias and white supremacists and vigilantes with assault weapons, often better armed than the police, often in the middle of the violence at these protests. Fair enough, says the Wall Street Journal, but for a man of the left, denouncing right-wing militias is easy. Surely Mr. Biden knows that the protests and riots since Memorial Day are overwhelmingly led by Black Lives Matter and Antifa. Mr. Biden didn't mention those groups in his prepared remarks, and he never used the words left-wing to describe those who are burning businesses and attacking police precincts. Mr. Biden conflated the two sides, though leftist militants are dominating urban streets. Mr. Biden spent most of the speech attacking Mr. Trump for stoking division, and sometimes the president has, says the Wall Street Journal. But the concern many Americans have about Mr. Biden is that he won't be strong enough to take on the radical left. On that point, his speech wasn't satisfying. Agreed. At some point, he's got to say Antifa is bad and uh, uh, an enemy of the country. I think he's got to say something strong like that. Yeah, and there, there are a couple other organizations that are pretty <laughs> significant in the recent violence that ought to be named as well, but... Yeah, and it's going to start, I hope, with news organizations finally recognizing. He took no questions yesterday. Well, yeah. The fact that he made that statement and wouldn't take questions, that is hiding. If you are confident in, in, in what you're saying there, that, you know, Trump's making up a bunch of crap and lying and I'm, you know, here's here's where I'm, you'd be happier and had to take questions. Sure, absolutely. But I was looking at, for instance, uh, the Oregonian and Oregon Live covering the violence of the other night. They, who are right there and have any every interest in telling the people that subscribe or click or whatever what's actually happening, went with that same narrative. They described far right-wing groups and then protesters, counter-protesters, protesters for racial justice and far right groups. They won't even recognize that there are organized groups semi-organized they intentionally disperse their organization so they can't be brought down um but if the oregonian isn't admitting that it's going to take a long time before the the big mainstreamers do and then they'll have to do it for a while before joe biden will find the guts to do it so you know i'm not holding my breath i bet they've had more than one meeting about how to handle this oh who biden's folks yeah oh yeah yeah well it's clear the minute chuck todd and uh was it Jake Tapper, whoever notably said, whoa, hey, we got polls showing, uh, we just got leaked this information that there's big movement on the uh, the violence in the streets thing. All of a sudden, Joe and his guys came out. So it's going to take pressure of that sort. It's, it's a hell of a thing for folks of our particular political bent to have to depend on the lamestream media. Uh, but we do, to some extent. Otherwise, these stories just never catch fire across the uh, the fruited plain. So this is breaking news with stocks moving the way they have today. Uh-oh. For a while now, Tesla has been the most valuable car company in the world, though they produce a f- tiny fraction of what the big car makers produce. Um, people are betting on the future, I guess. Anyway, uh, Elon Musk is now the world's third richest man, oh. pa- passing Mark Zuckerberg. <laughs> Tesla's more a tech company, quote-unquote, than yes. a car company. Absolutely true. Yeah, and, and people are... Betting on the future, that yeah. it's going to be a you know a win in the long run. I wouldn't mind seeing their revenue actually, because I know they are huge in in batteries, uh, not just for cars, but like household battery wall systems and all sorts of stuff. They ever get batteries nailed down to where your solar thing on your house can store power? An actual game changer. That oh yeah, 
yeah, that that goodbye electric companies. Yeah. You're out of luck now. Yeah, they ever get that nailed down? And Tesla might be the company to do it. Have just a, a big old box, looks like a pool box in every backyard. Some giant lithium battery. And not content with that, he's also making rocket ships that can be reused. Mm -hmm. He is making uh, computer chips to help uh, debilitating injuries that go into your brain. And, oh yeah, uh, cities are just letting him drill tunnels underneath their cities in an attempt to try to get rid of the the gridlock problem that a lot of big big cities have. Yeah, the Hyperloop. How's that coming along? What do you do with the old batteries, you say? You shoot them into space. You send them to third world countries. Lob them at the Chinese. Exactly. Lots of things you can do. Yes, that'll show them, huh? Armstrong and Getty. The Armstrong and Getty Show. I want to thank uh, Coach Thompson for saving my life. I was recruited by every school in the country for football and basketball. And uh, an incident happened in high school, and all that was taken away. No other teams, no other schools were recruiting me anymore. My mom went to Georgetown and begged him to give me a chance. And he did. Hey, I... Alan Iverson talking about the death of uh, Georgetown College coach John Thompson. If you're into college sports, you know who he is. If you don't, if you're not, you don't. Um, Alan Iverson, what, what is that uh, Chris Rock says? Steph Curry is Alan Iverson with two parents. Hmm. Alan Iverson, an incredibly talented athlete. Maybe one of the most talented athletes of all time. You ever watch that documentary about him? No. Oh, my God, yeah, was he a stud in high school. Unbelievable. He, I mean, at everything. At just everything. You give him a ball, and he's the best at it. He was the best in the, ever at everything. Wow. But he had a terrible home life and running with gangs and all kinds of trouble. Yeah. And the, the incident he referred to there was a, 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 a big fight uh, happened at a bowling alley and kind of got classified as a brawl. I think he got arrested in that. Uh, for taking part in it, and all of his uh, scholarship offers got taken away. Ended up going to Georgetown. I'll never forget, so I went to see Allen Iverson play an NBA game, and I got there early, and I had really good seats, and his posse, it was sitting around me. And they came into the arena. The the hunting horse thieves? (laughs) His posse came into the arena. The game had already started. And they came in going, whoo, whoo. Like, it was kind of quiet in there because it was like a timeout or whatever. And oh. Alan be down there, what, what, on the court to let him know, like, yeah, I hear you. You're the, they're, they're letting him know we're in here. And he's saying, okay, I understand you're there during an NBA game. Wow, I thought that was just hilarious. That's the traditional warning in the projects that the cops are, yeah, which are we've, nearby. Which we've heard before when riding with police. But yeah, I thought that was really interesting yes. on a number of levels. Yeah. 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 Really? And they all had bags of stuff, by the way, like they had they had been to the mall and stuff, probably with his money. Yeah. Um, shopping with his money. And, you know, on out-of-town out games, just going to the... So many of the NBA players do that. You know, they got that group of people that they're funding everything. You just go from town to town and have a big party because you know me. And I continue to, like, do this job and work really hard to pay for it all. They often end up broke that way, too. Where do I sign up? Yeah. To be an, part of the entourage? Yes. Yeah, I do that. Elvis did it. Lots of people do it. Final thoughts with Angie. I'm not 
not sure how much self-respect I'd have if, like, one of my friends had ended up super famous, and my job is to just hang out and laugh at their jokes. (laughs) (laughs) I enjoy the ride as long as it lasts. Here's your host for Final Thoughts, Joe Getty. Let's get a final thought from everybody on the crew. Michael presses the buttons in the control room, keeps us on the air mostly. We understand there have been some technical problems today. We apologize deeply and humbly for that. But, Michael, final thought. Yeah, I love Elon Musk. I love his cars. I love his space stuff. But the chip in the brain scares me. I'm going to let you guys do it first, and I'll see how it works Mm. out. Positive Sean is willing to sign up for that. Your final thought? Do you want the story or do you want the outcome? Diffusing your limited energy across multiple projects makes a better story you can tell when others ask you what you're doing. Directing your energy toward one or two projects makes for a better outcome. Mm, That's pretty good. Mm. That's pretty good. So I should drop my interpretive uh, dance show that I'm developing? Or just commit only to that. Yeah. Okay. All right, then. It's dance for me. (laughs) Jack, do you have a final thought you'd like to share? Speaking of high tech, seeing that guy around LAX with the jetpack, I want one. I want that. I want one of those so bad. Before I get too old to do it, I need a jetpack. The narrator, he's already too old to do it. Oh, speaking of uh, airports, there's a video of a couple of women at LaGuardia just absolutely beating the hell out of each other, fighting in the jetway, apparently. So seek that out online if you like. Uh, my final thought is uh, news is just broken of a, an interview with a vote fraud professional, and he's talking about how he does it. Oh, cool. We'll have that for you on tomorrow's show. You know your thing on Twitter the other day of what movie line do you use the most in real life? Yes. I want that from Napoleon Dynamite is probably ours around our house. Oh, okay. We use that a lot. Armstrong and Getty wrapping up another grueling four-hour workday. There's a That's just like your opinion, man, might be in second place. That's a good me. one. Yeah. Go to armstrongandgetty.com. We have packaged as a special podcast, The Strategy and Tactics of the Radicals. Uh, learn to recognize them. Understand them. Uncle Rico has that big wooden ship he puts on the table. I want that. <laughs> See you tomorrow. God bless America. You having a good time? Okay, I, I did not say okay. that. I've sat here for over three hours and 15 minutes. <laughs> that sucks. If you wish to leave, you may. Let me just say how very, very dismaying and disappointing. Not uh, good. And just change the channel from this mesmerizing horror show. We'll be better tomorrow than we were today. Then we heard the words. It's over for me. Adios, mofo. Okay, so we're, we're, you're, we're dismissed, is that correct? Do you want to rephrase uh, what you're doing? This- I am a dog from New Guinea. <laughs> Armstrong and Getty. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. We cover the stories behind what's moving money and markets and help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters every afternoon. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleh Mosin. And I'm David Gura. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Saleh Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take DC. We dig into how money, politics, and power shape government and the consequences for voters. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take DC on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. 
From LinkedIn News, I'm Leah Smart, host of Everyday Better, an award-winning weekly podcast dedicated to personal development. Whether you're looking for ways to shift your mindset or seeking more fulfillment in your life, we've got you covered. Join me as we dive into captivating stories and research-backed ideas that have empowered me and others to lead lives with more clarity and intention. Everyday Better, making growth an everyday practice. Listen to Everyday Better on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.